Okay, say some things. Hello. Adventure. Love. Connection. Risk. Passion. Evolution. Play. Life. The Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Provocative mythology for the 21st century. This episode, we welcome Weston, who is the founder of Rootlock Tarot. He's the creator, writer, and host of Rootlock Radio, which if you haven't heard of it yet, you should. It's a podcast designed to be a complete course in tarot. So Weston was so much fun to talk to, and we decided that due to popular demand for years and years, people have wanted to hear about the specific suits of the tarot. Well, Weston and I got into the swords because you know what? Those are some difficult cards, and we thought this was a pretty good time to be talking about them. But it's not all sword, sword, cut, cut. There are some interesting things that we delve into, including um, more than a little bit of geeking out over the Game of Thrones, um, as well as some stuff that's happening in our culture and the news politics right now. We think it's all really, really interesting, and we hope you enjoy this episode. And generously, Weston has offered during this month that you hear this episode, September and also half of October, he is going to be offering a to give away a half hour reading with him. So visit our Facebook page, our Twitter, our Instagram, look for a place to enter, and you could win a half hour reading with Weston. And so without further ado, here is my conversation with Weston of Rootlock Tarot, live from New York City. Enjoy. Hi, Weston. How are you? Hey, Juliana. I'm doing well. How about you? Uh, I'm excited to have this conversation for a lot of reasons other than the fact that you're super cool and I really enjoy your podcast and your blog and everything. But forever, people have been asking us to do shows on the suits. And Sidere and I have been like, yeah, it's a really good idea. And we just never end up doing it. Um, I think we, sometimes we just don't get excited. We get excited by other stuff, but we know, um, it's super important for us to kind of cover in the show and we're like, Hey, who can we talk to? Oh, we're going to talk to Weston of Tarot. (laughs) And, um, so I'm excited to, to have you on the show to talk about the suit of swords. Well, thank you for having me. I have to say, I've been such a fan of your show for a long time even back when I was first learning tarot myself, um, I was seeking out podcasts and yours was the, my favorite that I found, even though sometimes it was a little beyond the level I was ready for then. I felt like it was kind of great to just like jump in and um, learn so much about the archetypes and the major cards. And I feel like your podcast really helped influence my view of the tarot. So it's, it's kind of exciting for me to be, it's very exciting for me to be here on your podcast as well. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, fine. I'm blushing, but also we're sending sending you a check right now. Oh, that's amazing. It's yeah. It's I think both humbling and very much an honor. I think for Sandera and I, um, when we get feedback and, and things like that, it's just, we do it because we love it. And who foolishly started this journey six years ago. So it's incredibly gratifying because, you know, as you know yourself, doing a podcast, it's not like you just wake up and it's done. There's a lot of work that goes into it. So yeah, more than you would expect. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a good time for me to mention that we've got a patron campaign happening. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was at the beginning of the show. We'll, we'll do that. But um, yeah. yeah, we're happy to do it and we're happy to have this kind of reboot. It's like the fourth reboot we've done, but um, having people like you on is, is great. And, uh, and hopefully our audience will get a, we'll get a lot out of swords because as you and I were talking before swords, like most people, the sword shows up in their reading. They're like, Ugh. yes. Oh, yeah. people really struggle with the swords, and for good reason. There's a lot of very intense imagery on these cards, uh, and confusing imagery too. So I feel like it's the the suit that people kind of grapple with the most. Yeah, um, and they're least excited to see in, in readings. That's for sure. It's true, but they're rich, and I think they're so rich, and I think so important that it's a good time to talk about him you know Mm -hmm. get get the difficult stuff kind of done first i think is often a way to go about things because once you face the difficult things you're much better prepared for everything else that comes in you know there's a level there's like a level of discernment that we Mm -hmm. just can't gain until we've gone through some really difficult those sword slicing moments yes in our lives so you have um, so a great series of podcasts and you go kind of in depth into, mm-hmm. you know, each suits and the cards. And I recommend that our listeners check those out because this is really more of a conversation about swords and what they're about rather than a card by card description. Yeah. So, yeah. And in my podcast, I definitely, my goal was to go through the entire tarot deck minor cards, major cards, court cards, every card, um, and present some sort of analysis of it. And at this point, I'm almost done with the whole deck. And that, I just have to hats off to you, Weston. <laughs> we got through the major arcana for two years doing like almost one a month and we're like, woo. Yes. Well, I didn't go nearly as in depth as, as you did in those cards. So yeah. But you're yeah, really well organized. I think we complement each other well. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I think, yeah. well, Sandra and I are pretty good. We go off into Jungian psychology and a bunch of other stuff too. So right, right. It's good. But um, I am actually, I forgot to pull out my, my sword cards before this conversation. But um, I'm doing that now. And I was, you had some ideas when we were talking about swords, like they're air, right? They're air, they're often about thought, mm-hmm and action. I want to know more of your, of your thoughts on, on that and the suits as a whole. Well, um, so the way I approach the minor arcana cards is sort of looking at each card as a intersection of energy between the element and the number. So, you know, in my podcast and when I teach clients, uh, the first thing we kind of look at is the four elemental energies, uh, you know, fire, water, earth, and air. Um, and the element of air is typically linked to things like thoughts, uh, ideas, words, logic. Um, so that's sort of the elemental energy that we're working with in this suit. Um, and then each of the cards intersects with the numbers and I actually my way of figuring out what those numbers mean is by looking at the major arcana cards uh you know one through ten so 
Um, yeah, the, the suit of swords, I think, is a particularly challenging suit because humans want to know everything, right? We want to be able to apply logic to everything and to understand everything. But there's also so much that we don't understand. And I think it's sort of our, our hubris, our, like, our big fatal flaw is that, that need and that desire to have a grasp, a logical grasp of everything. And I think that's sort of what leads to some of the more difficult and challenging uh, images that we see on these cards is that there's kind of a impossibility to that project. It's about control, right? And it's certain yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole suit is about control and the idea of um, swords. I mean, they are they're the most like in a literal sense they're the most dangerous of mm-hmm. all of the suits, right? I mean, you could probably kill someone with a cup or, you know, put poison in it or whatever, or a right. wand you can certainly use. But this is, it's like the sword is a symbol of something that literally was made to fight with, right? To defend yeah. yourself or to attack someone. So that energy, you know, and it's metallic. Um, mm-hmm. So to me, that's, you know, the, the idea of swords is that they'll slice through something. But yeah. also the, <clears throat> they're, they're, they're weapons and the, it's, and I mean this archetypally that they're, it's a very masculine suit. Yes. It's about agency. It's about, you know, at, at worst domination. Um, but there's, there's a, so much action related to it. And this, I think the, the set of cards as you look at just all of the, the suit, uh, sword suit cards, say that five times fast, <laughs> <laughs> you really see just like consequences of yeah. that idea, right? Not not a lot of cheeriness. I mean, maybe the Ace of Swords, like you said, could kind of relate to the fool in a way. Um, and the the scenery tends to be, you know, the, the difficult situations and difficult scenes. Maybe maybe the second, the the Two of Swords, kind of has kind of a peaceful background, but it's preventing you from getting to that peaceful background. Right. Yeah. I always I always look at that suit or that particular card as sort of the anti-high priestess, you know, because yeah. she's sitting on this platform in front of a body of water. But while the high priestess is sort of this gatekeeper to the body of water, you know, she you go through her and she allows you to get to that body of water and reveals to you the body of water, which is very symbolic of like the subconscious and the deep mm-hmm. feeling emotions and kind of the mystery that lies deep in, inside of all of us. This figure seems to be guarding us and preventing us from accessing that body of water. And I think that's a big key to the difficulty of the suit of swords too, is there's this inherent opposition between clearly knowing and grasping and controlling and using logic and the, you know, mystery of those things that lie deep inside of us that we can't logically explain, but are so much a part of us too. Yeah, and I again because it's air and it's also metal or something kind of metallic. It is um, when it meets the real world. So you've got thoughts, right? You can't mm-hmm. touch a thought. A thought is, you know, in and of itself. You know, ideas, all of these things. They're, they they have to, you know, get embodied at some point. And mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of times the way of the thought getting embodied in the world 
is this difficulty, right? Is the, the, there's a conquering aspect, but also how do you ground it into the real world when, you know, all you have is a sword um, that, you know, creates difficulty. And I think kind of on a symbolic level as well, the, it's the, the animal earth sort of part of us is at odds sometimes with thought, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, for a long time, right, people have wanted to be completely separate from animals. You know, there's always been that idea that, that humans are something different from an animal and that thought is what makes us that. Exactly. And the assuming that thought is just the realm of, of, of humans, because we don't really know yet. Yeah, and I'm not saying I agree with that perspective right, right. at all. Uh, I actually quite disagree, and my cat is a great example of <laughs> complex thought, I think. But uh, but that desire, right, to, to have this uh, ascendancy. And again, you think of air as something that rises above, um, and air being related to this suit. That idea of ascending above all other creatures as man. Yes, and much of what we see in these particular cards is the peril that we land ourselves in. Right. Um, in in that in relationship to that. So, I think I don't know. I mean, what is? I think it's the ten of swords. No, just the, the stabby one. Stabby <laughs> <laughs> one. Yeah, the the stabby one, and then the one after that. Those. I mean. In terms of, do you want, you know, when you pull a card and you look at it, there's a lot of interpretation you could do, but this is not good. Like, this is right. definitely, you, you don't have to spend a lot of time going, wow, what does that mean? All the swords in his back. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah, it's an interesting question. Like, where does that come from? Why is that the, you know, the tens are sort of often the, the sort of ultimate result, the ultimate result or the reckoning moment of the energy of the suit. So it's an interesting question of like, why does emphasizing thought and logic lead us to this total defeat moment? Yeah. And the, well, not specifically the number of 10, but the fact that you, you got so many, uh, it's overkill. It literally is the epitome of overkill. Do you need 10 swords (laughs) in the back? Um, which brings up a show that I absolutely adore, and that is Game of Thrones. Yes. Oh, when you when I think of the suit of swords in the tarot, I think of what's happening in that show. We just finished the tenth, or I'm sorry, the last episode of the seventh season. Mm-hmm. And I know you read the books. Yes. So I read all of the books that exist. We'll see if any more actually get it put out. (laughs) Um, And I didn't end up watching the TV show just because I kind of had already experienced the plot so in depth that I started watching it and I was kind of like, I think I'd rather watch something else. Uh, Not to say it didn't seem great, but I am considering or trying to make time for this last season because it deviates from the books. And I'm really curious to know where that goes. Yeah, they're off book. I think after the end of last season, they're completely off book, Mm -hmm. which I I mean, not not to nerd out too much. So I haven't read them, but I've watched the shows and I have a lot of friends who have 
read the books, but not watched the show, probably for a lot of the same reasons that you have. But I have like one of my, uh, one of my cousins is a huge fan of the books and a huge fan of the show. So she's a great person to kind of like tap on that. But this particular season was very gratifying to all of the fans for a lot of reasons, because they're able to bring stuff together that they weren't able to keeping to the canon of the books, but it mm-hmm. still remains this, like, it is so all about power, right? And, and the swords, I think, I mean, the Iron Throne is made of swords. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> or at least in the TV show. I don't know about the book, but that. I think it is in the book as well. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I can't imagine why not. Cause it's to me, I mean, if you look at the, at the Iron Throne, made of swords there's barely a place to sit but you know what i mean they're fanned out behind them but that is to me the suit of swords and the perils and the idea that there's so much thought and not just thought but it's scheming it's Mm -hmm. scheming everywhere and um it's a show with incredible really really good bad guys and even some bad guys that you like and then um you have some characters that are just like they do some despicable stuff that you don't agree with, but then there's still something that you like about them or you find them likable. Yeah. I remember that about the books is that almost every character had some redeeming moments, no matter how evil they were. And that moral ambiguity was very enthralling (laughs) because then you, you kind of get on board with different characters at different moments. Exactly. And there's, there's, it's so not black and white. Um, yes. In terms of the moral ambiguity, but also the 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 traits that you can admire in one, but also some that, with the exception of maybe one character, I think that okay. So like Jon Snow, he kind of can do no wrong in a lot of ways. <laughs> like I'm having yeah. a hard time thinking like, what has he done that's been kind of despicable? I didn't read the books, but yeah, he is kind of set up as this messianic type character. Yes. Um, was he? <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> was he brought back to life in the books? I believe so. I'm really having a hard time remembering that. Oh, exactly. There were so many details in those books, and it's been a few years. So I remember some things better than others. I'm having trouble remembering that moment of, that everyone talks about with the show of him dying and coming out. No, I think he did. I, I, I can't say for sure. <laughs> from well, from what I've you know read on the blogosphere, a lot of dying and coming back to life. I mean, like it happened. It wasn't like a, they just wrote it as a plot point. It's like it's evidently happened to several characters. But um, my point, and I do have one, is about the the kind of journey of of the swords and the idea of you know like a resurrection or redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know throughout them because you know each one contains a sword and it's usually not doing something you like um when when people come across swords in a reading in your experience when you're doing readings with people um what is there any sort of you know how do you how do you relay something very difficult say in a 10 of swords or one of those other ones that are just like oofed you know is there a yeah. spin? <laughs> what? Well, I mean, I think that the minor cards in general, a, a word that a lot of people apply to them as opposed to the major cards is mundane. I think that's a little bit, you know, uh, underserving those cards. And so I think of them as more of kind of the stuff of day to day, like your kind of daily experiences, what makes up your day to day life. 
you know, that's important too. How, what kind of balance you have on a day-to-day basis really determines your, your happiness in a lot of ways and your satisfaction. So I look at these cards a lot as, as both being, you know, the minor cards in general as both being a motivator and a warning against going off balance. And so something like the Ten of Swords, where you see this total defeat, it can sort of be a warning to to be aware of ways that you are maybe trying to assert too much control or trying to be right or oppress other people with your ideas, even in a very minor way, you know, just little tiffs you get in with people in your life and you want to be right and you're not going to compromise. Just the idea that, you know, because those people, the people in our life are very emotionally fulfilling, they're more in that water energy a lot of times. Those moments where we want to sort of conquer them logically, we're actually driving them away or maybe turning them against us. And so this idea that we don't have to have a clear answer of who's right and who's wrong and what's right and what's wrong, but more just sort of let people have their own ideas and their own experiences. And I think that the sword suit a lot kind of warns against that oppressive righteousness. Yeah. Uh, So I guess to answer your question, if that comes up in, in a reading and someone's kind of like, uh, (laughs) trying to, (laughs) trying to sort of gently guide them to the idea that maybe there's some way that they're they're not letting other people have their own ideas or they're using their desire to be right as a sort of weapon to push people away. We hope you're enjoying this episode and we invite you to become a part of the Archetypal Tarot team by becoming a patron. It's super easy and there are some awesome rewards for joining. So just visit tiny dot cc slash tarot for more information and now back to our program yeah um and uh, realizing that can be the first step towards finding a different way to do it yeah Yeah. it's all about you know having conversations that are deep and sometimes really deep conversations are difficult ones but they typically are very productive so Yes, it reminds me of that. There's a bunch of sayings like it, but it's like, do you want to be in relationship or do you want to be right? You know, choose (laughs) in a certain Mm -hmm. point. And these, they're, they're, they're cards and symbols that have to do with relationships, but it's, I think it's also reminding us what, what tools are we using? What are you, Mm -hmm. what are you picking up before you're going about what you're about to do? You know, have a conversation, plan a meeting, go into work, whatever it is, are you bringing a sword in and will that sword be helpful? Um, or will it just serve to divide the people, you know, cause it cuts things, right? Yeah. Um, is it offensive or, or defensive, which is why, you know, I think Game of Thrones is kind of the epitome of, <laughs> of swords because there's, yes. there's yes. so much, there's so much scheming and they're so interesting how, you know, loyalty and honor, um, are really important. And when I think of the sword cards, I think there's a lot of subject that, that kind of comes up. What are you loyal to? What are you um, paying, you know, homage to? What actions are you taking? So it can be, you know, 
they, I think they're necessary. And I think to me that that's, that's a point that um, isn't always, I think in our current culture or even in recent, you know, the last 10, 15 years, it's just the real, realization that like this, it is all included. You know, that's our philosophy. And Sudhir and I talk about the, when we got to the world, it's all included. And yeah. includes the difficult things. And sometimes you have to, you can't get to where you're going without those sword moments, reverse yeah. sword moments. Yeah. And I mean, you saying kind of relating this to our current cultural moment, there is such a divide, right? It's like a sword <laughs> is just sliced right down the middle politically. Yeah. There's no bridge. Right. And when you, even when you look at the swords on these cards, there's a dark side and a light side. There's no, there's a very clear contrast between one side and the other. And I think emphasizing ideas is a dangerous thing when you don't also consider the other aspects of our lives, which are represented in the other suits and have to do with emotion and stability and passion and all these other things. Agreed, and I th- yeah, I mean, we we're in we're in an unprecedented time, but we still have history to kind of fall back on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, since we're you know in this, the the swords are they represent our, they represent fall. If you were going to look at each suit as a season, mm-hmm. um, we've got well, we're not quite in fall, but it's starting to feel like it. It doesn't really yes. feel like summer anymore. But that I they you know the idea of. Um, the you know leaves falling off trees things starting to you know plants starting to die and and go back in and and the the actual lack lack of discourse and the Mm -hmm. kind of hardening of ideas i think is it it is it's a terrible part of the process because people you know they have they've left out reason in a lot of ways which is i think part of thought of using, you know, reason and facts and truth, you know, the idea that the truth will set us free. I still believe in it, but it's, it's messy because I think there's a lot of refusal to, to actually see the truth and a huge amount of propaganda type doubt that gets cast. So I agree. I think the, you know, who's a thought leader and what are their intentions? is Mm -hmm. definitely something to look at like the real intentions behind things right yeah and you know there's of course the other side of the swords too and when you bring up thought leaders we can think of you know all the people who have led with thoughts and when i look at particularly the six of sword card this card you know it's not the happiest card for sure there's a couple people kind of cloaked in they look like they're cloaked in grief mm-hmm. um, and this other figure rowing them across a river. Uh, but it's, I always think of this card as having sort of a refugee energy to it. And the, the number six is the number of beauty. And so with this particular card, I think a lot about how, especially with, you know, rescue workers and, and people who are, are putting themselves on the line to help others. There actually does come a time when cutting yourself off from emotion and emphasizing logic and the clarity that it can bring can actually be the best course of action, right? The most valiant rescue workers and people that are saving other people are 
often the most unemotional about it, at least in the moment. Um, Boundaries. Yeah. It's all about healthy boundaries and how do you, um, how do you, at least in the moment, cut, kind of cut some energetic cords off. And that's Mm -hmm. actually something I was talking about with a good friend is if you're around people that are super like upset or they just have these really strong emotions, there are some actual little techniques that you can do to just cut that off. Um, just get that energy cut off from you. So you're not, you know, getting those, you know, energetic toxins or whatever they are. And um, anybody who works in the psychotherapeutic field or even like a massage therapist, there's an understanding that there's an energetic component to what they do and have to be really, really mindful of energetic boundaries, personal, emotional boundaries, you know, where one person begins and the other one ends when you want Mm -hmm. to have compassion, it can be really challenging and, but it's completely necessary. Absolutely. And it's good for the person that you're trying to be there for as well, because your clarity, right. And clarity is another word that I associate with swords, your clarity and lack of cloudiness can help them find their way out of their own, you know, storm of grief. Yeah, so sword's not that bad, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I think there's some great things about it. And I just think that the reason that these cards are so intense is because, like I said before, it's our human nature, we desire to understand everything logically. And that's sort of what we put at the forefront a lot of times is just ideas and logic and clear understanding. But there's so many things that that doesn't work for. So I feel like this suit is is trying to say, you know, look at the other suits and emphasize these other types of energies and other aspects of of your existence. And don't don't think that you can understand everything or put logic to everything because that's a dangerous thing to do. And it's what leads to oppression. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the I don't I'm thinking the growing up I was really really into music and you know that led me to different artists like musical artists as well as fine artists and um the talking heads stopped making sense that I you know and a lot of the art world um and artists are just like you know (laughs) you have to go into the into the bizarre and the abstract where things they turn things upside down Mm-hmm. You know, and you flip things over and that's, you know, the Native Americans called coyote magic where you just, it's not rational. It's not going to make sense. Mm-hmm. You can't simply rely on, you know, one sensibility or, you know, we're, we're missing out on life and, um, you know, getting, getting back into our bodies, getting an understanding of, of nature and the conversation that I had with Tim Freak on a, um, a previous podcast about mm-hmm. what is yeah. our evolution you know, if the idea that, you know, spirituality and the objective scientific world, you know, they're all in relationship to each other and they're both equally important. Um, we can't just rationalize. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to get us to the, a full evolution. You're not going to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. And maybe, yeah, you mentioning some sort of the Native American traditions and stuff. I, I mean, I think there are a lot of other cultures that do a better job at it than than maybe ours does. And, but I do think there's a movement towards this, right? There's a lot of people taking an interest in, you know, individual forms of spirituality, meditation, and just self-exploration. 
witchiness. You know, these are all things that people are are taking more of an interest in now than I've seen them take an interest in before. And I think it is a little bit of a result of of the sort of toxic cultural moment that's coming from the divide, which is very much the product of feeling like there's a right and wrong and and standing so strongly in your righteousness. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying with that? Yeah, I do. I do. I think um, it's at once incredibly complex. Um, and, I, and there's actually, I was on a board today or on a blog uh, commenting more about like how, how can spiritual people, people say they, you know, they believe in the, you know, the all is one, everything is kind of connected and how come they don't get involved when things are so, you know, certain things are egregiously wrong. They're, they are, you know, patently wrong. Uh, racism Mm -hmm. wrong like you know you can take a side on that one (laughs) kind of thing and it was an interesting article um, and I I rarely ever comment but I had to comment and it was just because I have had this thought too like what is preventing people from engaging Um, and there's there's a lot of answers to that and part of it is there's no real there isn't a lot of discourse real discourse Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of nasty trolling comments and people fighting but to me that's kind of like like how can we do this the right way how can this like the the sword cut through all of this meanness so people can actually connect to what's meaningful and i think getting to the heart of meaning is a huge part of what's happening now because certain things are very meaningful you know the identity right people have an identity and that's meaningful for them and they'll go to war to fight it, right? They're like, mm-hmm. I have to protect this because it's meaningful. But conversations aren't happening around why it's meaningful. They're happening on these edges that have ugly beliefs, right? Yeah. But if we get back, if we go to what is really, really meaningful, you want a happy life, you want to feel safe, you know, what's underneath that, what's truly underneath it, those conversations aren't happening. Um, and yeah. there's, there's, how do we cut through this? the the bipartisanship or or you know I'm right and you're wrong because that you know nothing's mm-hmm. gonna happen with that and we need the thought leadership you know we need the the queen of swords the king of swords in partnership with big heartedness I think to help remind us like what is when you lose meaning you start attaching to anything like I read something from a guy who started an organization that he used to be a Nazi a neo Nazi skinhead kid mm-hmm. and he got out and he started an organization trying to if people wanted out of these groups that he would help them get out so it's kind of like a reprogramming mm-hmm. what he said is his reason was he was lacking meaning and he just wanted to feel like he had a meaning to his life and he had other people who had the same meaning and it it unfortunately it it encrusted around hate of other people but it doesn't matter people still want meaning even if it's something as difficult and horrible as hating another race right the same thing happens recruiting young terrorists into isis they need something meaningful people are dying to have meaning and it's not going to be intellectual (laughs) right it'll have intellectual you know it'll take all these suits you know you've got the the financial, the earthbound things, you've got the heart, the emotions, you've got empowerment with wands, and you've got the swords of, you know, intellect and action. And um, I think that is people aren't having really deep, meaningful conversations about 
what's deep down really there. So the sword moment hopefully is cutting away the chaff of that and getting to it. Cause yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. And I, I hope so. Yeah, it's it's not easy. I think there's a lot of awkwardness and a lot of people like, oh, I can't say anything political. And I'm like, can we just not call it political anymore? Can we just talk about what's really meaningful? Right. Yeah. I, I want the world people to wanting to, place, you know? Yeah. And just people wanting to push other people down in order to rise up themselves, but they're not really getting anywhere with yeah, that, right? That's, <laughs> well, yeah. And that, and well, this is a whole other conversation, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that idea of how you, well, it's, it's related to swords, right? You cut yeah. somebody else down in order to bring yourself up, but yeah you know, to loop this back into the game of Thrones, this might be a surprise to you since you have been watching it, but <laughs> the, <laughs> spoiler alert, again, the, from my point of view, the character of Daenerys uh-huh. um, Targaryen, um, there's, there's been some stuff that she's done is like super harsh, right? Like, <laughs> like, but this idea of the queen sometimes has to do things that are really, really difficult, you know, in order for her to have this, feminine inclusive you know she's called the breaker of chains and she rescues you know ends slavery in places and all of that but there's things that she's had to do that are really incredibly you know uh murderous like ah but the 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 idea of trying to bring together to have the greater whole and there's just really difficult decisions that she's had to make to not do something you know to use the sword but to do it the hard way because it's, you know, the right way, the honorable way of doing things that doesn't cause harm. Um, that a show that has all been about scheming and power and attacking that this force, which again, spoiler alert, uh, Jon Snow represents this messianic type character mm-hmm. that we have this masculine or feminine messianic type characters who are kind of Kings and Queens looking to unite, looking to, bring things together granted it's in this fantasy world right but that 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 you know they have to go and fight a common enemy which is what's happening next yeah the, the white walkers of like right Ooh, right. that's interesting so <laughs> yeah and i think that that philosophy is so in line with tarot i i see tarot as very much emphasizing a balance of masculine and feminine energy and how that's how on an individual basis we can live our lives best, but also on a cultural basis. And, you know, I, I think that our culture is, is very off balance in that way for many, many reasons. Um, Globally. And I'm, I'm going to take that one and I could be wrong. I'm, I live my life on working theories and I, I gather things up and turn them over and see if, see how they integrate or not. But it's to me, the word integration, I want to move more towards that. Right. I don't know that it's always possible, but to balance there's, it's almost as if you're going to swing, always swing one way or the other. Mm, but what yeah. happens like the yin yang symbol, if, if things are integrated, both are present, they're both honored and distinct, but they're in relationship to each other. Right. Yeah. That's and hard. <laughs> that's the world card, right? Is that ultimate yeah. integration of of all forces and all lessons and being able to finally weave it all together into one kind of magical moment. <laughs> Everything belongs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful idea. <laughs> Isn't it though? Can we just kind of keep that in our 
keep that in our hearts as we go through, you know, these, I'm just going to say difficult times. Yes. Sword-ish times. Well, I think it would be cool to have you back on another show, maybe in the new season coming up for 2018. And we'll, maybe we'll see what's coming up. We're not going to do swords again. <laughs> we'll see what's okay. coming uh-huh. up then. Well, there are other suits. And there are, yeah, absolutely. Maybe ones that can be writer conversations. <laughs> oh, it was a good one. I think yes, it was a good one. Course. Yeah, there's a lot happening, and, and our show has never really pulled any punches and gone right. all happy-go-lucky on anything. It's yes, not every conversation needs to be bright. <laughs> no, but anyway. Well, I think this has been fun. Have you had fun? I've had a great time. It's so nice talking to you. And like I said, it's just, it's such an honor to be uh, to be talking to you and to get asked to be on your podcast. Ah, blush fest. Something also. I never would have thought happening in my life. A few ah, oh my gosh, that is that is so awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Ah. And oh, I don't, I don't want to forget to mention, and I, I you are going to be very generously giving away a half hour reading with you. Yeah. I love that. that. So anybody's listening, the month that this podcast comes out, go to our Facebook page, our Instagram page, or our Twitter, and look for the entry, and we'll put you in to potentially win a reading with Mr. Weston of Root Lock Tarot. How awesome is that? Be very excited to do that. Yay! And all of our patrons, just so you know, if you're a patron, default, you always get entered in the giveaway. So you don't have to do a darn thing. Just your name's already in there. So another benefit. Of being Great. Well, I can't wait to meet one of you out there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, um, again, thank you, Weston. And, thank you. Uh, aloha until next time. Aloha. Thank you. You can find out more information on Weston and the Root Lock Radio Tarot podcast at his website rootlocktarot.com. We know that you could have done something else with the last 40-ish minutes of your life, but we're thrilled that you spent it with us. And we hope you enjoyed this episode and invite you to become a part of the Archetypal Tarot team by becoming one of our patrons. Just visit tiny.cc slash tarot for more information and all of the rewards for joining. That's tiny.cc slash tarot. Also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tarot Podcast. We'll have giveaways for pretty much every new podcast. So check us out on social media. And big thanks to our wonderful, amazing, and generous patrons, Richard, Sarah, Talia, Hillary, Peter, Rash, Christine, and Kat. We couldn't do it without you. This podcast is produced by Both Hand Media. And our theme music is by the Lunar Group. Aloha. Thank you.